Welcome to AEM Early Access, a collaboration between Brown University Emergency Medicine and the editors of the Academic Emergency Medicine Journal. I'm Dr. Gita Pensa, and here's what we've got for you today. In the emergency department, we are very familiar with frequent users and those patients we call super users of our services, patients who use the emergency department heavily, who are there frequently. In fact, about 5% of all ED patients account for one quarter of all annual ED visits in the United States. And as you can imagine, medical imaging in these visits is also used. And it turns out that medical imaging overall in the ED has increased dramatically over the last 20 years, really even outpacing rises in ED patient volume. And that needs further exploration, including the relationship between super users of the ED and the increase in medical imaging use. Today, I'm pleased to be talking with Dr. Tara Hanna, first author of a new article in AEM entitled, the Introduction and Development of the H-Index for Imaging Utilizers, a novel metric for quantifying utilization of ED imaging. His team used a large commercial claims and encounters database and data from literally tens of millions of US ED visits within a seven-year time period. And I'm gonna let him describe more about what they found and the metric they developed. Dr. Hanna is an associate professor and the associate division director of the Division of Emergency and Trauma Imaging in the Department of Radiology and Imaging Sciences at Emory University. He's the program director of Emory's Emergency and Trauma Imaging Fellowship. His research interests include all aspects of ED imaging, including best practices in diagnostic modality choice and imaging technique, and health policy and practice issues related to radiology use in the ED, and we are so happy to have him with us today. Dr. Tarek Hanna, it's so great to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. So first, just give us some background. You say in your paper that ED imaging use has been increasing over the last decade, really outpacing growth in emergency department visits. So tell us a little bit about the scope of this and why you and your team felt an index to quantify ED imaging utilization was important. Sure thing. So Emergency department visits have increased uh, at about twice the rate of United States population growth, but at the same time, the total number of emergency department facilities across the nation has been declining. And those two trends, the increase in visits along with the decrease in the number of emergency departments have resulted in ED overcrowding, and that causes increased patient wait times, it restricts care access, and potentially leads to uh, to poorer clinical outcomes. Mm. You know, at the same time, we know that medical imaging radiology examinations in the ED have increased uh, dramatically in the past couple decades, about 600% uh, from 1995 to 2015. Hmm. And that has really uh, outpaced the rises in uh, patient volume. So each individual patient is actually getting more imaging during the visit. Um, and so our, our team actually started by looking at Emory patients first. Uh, that's where we're based at Emory University in Atlanta, Georgia. And there was a subset of patients in the ED that um, underwent uh, disproportionate amounts of imaging. Uh, about 12% of ED patients at Emory uh, ended up undergoing 50% of all the ED imaging services delivered in our healthcare system. Um, but we found that there was actually a lot of variability based on the number of times a year a patient visited the ED, the types of imaging they got, whether it was an X-ray or a CT or an MRI. And so in this paper, we really wanted to look at a national data set and try to develop a standard index for looking at imaging utilization per patient. 
Great, so we're gonna talk about the H index. So there was an original H index that you attribute in your paper to, I think it's Jorge Hirsch. What was that score? Sure, yeah. Uh, Dr. Hirsch was actually a professor of physics at UC San Diego and described this H index in 2005, which has become very popular and, and well-known in, in academia. And the H index is an author level metric, and it actually measures the publication productivity and citation impact of researchers, basically trying to assess how big of an effect they're having in their field. And an author's H index is defined as the largest number H, such that H publications by that individual have H citations. So for example, if I have two publications and each of those publications is cited twice, my H index is two. If I have three papers and each of those papers is cited three times, then my H index is three and so forth. Got it. So what is the ED imaging H index? Sure. So to describe this, I'm going to have to first talk about RVUs. Um, and, and for those of you who don't know, RVUs are relative value units, and that's a resource-based measurement used commonly by Medicare and other insurers for facility payments. And essentially, it's a standardized measure of resource intensity. So a CT has a higher RVU than an X-ray. Uh, more complicated CTs have higher RVUs than less complicated CTs. An MRI has a higher RVU than a CT, etc. It's supposed to be a proxy for um, complex, time-consuming uh, examinations that, that involve increased resources. So the ED imaging H index is the largest number H such that H ED visits in a single year each have at least H RVUs of imaging. So to clarify, an, an ED imaging H index of one would mean? So an ED imaging H index of one means that a patient had one ED visit in a year and during that visit received at least one RVU of imaging. So to conceptualize that, you can think of a chest x-ray as 0.2 RVUs. Um, a head CT is approximately one RVU. Um, so basically, if a patient visited the ED once in a year and got one head CT or one CT of the abdomen pelvis, they would have an H index of one. Now, an H index of two would mean that a patient had two ED visits, and during each of those visits, they got at least two RVUs of imaging. Now, to get to two RVUs, a CT of the abdomen and pelvis is only about 1.8. So you'd have to have at least two visits in a year. And during each of those visits, you'd have to have a CT of the abdomen and pelvis and a couple x-rays or a CT of the chest, abdomen, pelvis, or a brain MRI, um, something on that order. Mm -hmm. Okay, got it. So let's talk more about the methods of your study. So your data originated from this Truven Health Market Scan Commercial Claims and Encounters Database, the mouthful, um, which is a large set of healthcare claims collected from private employer-sponsored health plans across the U.S. So why did you choose this population, these people who had insurance through, through their employer, as opposed to you know Medicare databases we might see more often? Sure, sure. So so the point you just made is, is one of the reasons we chose this. So a lot of the literature that is published, particularly with radiology, but also in, in a lot of other work, health policy and practice work, uses Medicare data. And of course, Medicare patients are a specific subset of the population. They're older. They consume more healthcare resources. Um, where, while the largest segment of the U.S. population is actually individuals who get health insurance from their employer, and that is less studied. So Truven is a very large, it's a robust database. Those are all pluses from our standpoint, but also it's very generalizable to the United States population because it encompasses so many uh, people in the United States. Um, so, so we decided to use that instead of a Medicare database. 
Got it. Okay. So over seven years from 2009 to 2015, literally millions and millions of ED visits were analyzed. So, so tell us more about your study design and your methods. First, what we did is, and you're right, this was a, was a very large database. We restricted it to individuals who were continuously enrolled for at least a year, because a lot of the metrics we're talking about are annual metrics. And so mm-hmm. instead of looking at individuals who, say, were only insured for two months or four months or six months and then trying to extrapolate that to a year, we eliminated the subset to patients who, who were enrolled continuously with one insurance plan for a year. Uh, And that left us uh, with 86 million individuals. And then we looked at those individuals, um, and this this was a billing database, an insurance database. So we did all our searching based on uh, CPT codes um, that that indicate what health care a patient got within the course of a year. And so we, we looked through those individuals to see who had CPT codes indicating that they visited the ED. And by looking at each ED encounter, we were then able to use Uh, also CPT codes for radiology examinations to see if any imaging was done during those ED visits. And we mapped each of those imaging events to an RVU value, the relative value unit, to get a sense of the resources consumed by that imaging test. And that left us able to calculate a variety of descriptive statistics on patients who had ED visits uh, versus those who didn't. We knew how many ED visits each patient has. And then because we knew the imaging uh, that was uh, obtained in each ED visit and the RVUs for each imaging exam, we were able to compute an age index for each individual. Great. So you had some interesting findings, though, for those of us who um, think about or deal with ED super users often, maybe not that surprising in terms of their disproportionate utilization of resources. What did you find out about patients with higher imaging age indexes? Yeah, yeah, this was this was interesting. And as you say, uh, these patients are are common uh, to individuals who work in and around emergency departments. But when you looked at these uh, patients who had an EDH index of two or higher, what we found was that they were only 0.2% of the total sample. And that was 1.4% of all ED visitors. So thinking about that in numbers, that's one in 70 patients you see in the ED. Uh, that ends up having an EDH index of two or higher. And yet over the course of a year, those patients accounted for 19% of all imaging resources. So to put it another way, one in every 70 patients that you see in the ED accounts for one-fifth of the imaging resources. And although conceptually it's not surprising that ED superusers are consuming a lot of imaging, um, and the definition of an H index was that they were consuming imaging, it was it was the magnitude that was surprising to us that such a small subset of patients uh, is consuming 19% of imaging resources over the course of a year. Yeah, that's really impressive. Um, any other findings that you'd like to highlight? Yeah, uh, you know, we thought it was interesting when you looked overall at this group of individuals. Patients who were undergoing imaging during their ED visit increased from 25% in 2009 to 35% in 2015. And those of us who have been practicing since 2009, I think would acknowledge that there's really only been incremental improvement in imaging technology since 2009. You know, CTs, obviously, x-rays, MRIs were in common use in 2009. So that 10% increase in ED patients undergoing imaging just from 2009 to 2015, uh, we were surprised by the magnitude of that. And also, this is generally a younger working age patient cohort, since these are individuals who are getting private health insurance from their employer, Mm -hmm. so have not retired yet. 
Um, and so to think that we've seen a, an increase of 10% in just that short period in this younger population would be interesting to compare these statistics to, to either Medicare patients or even to look at, at, at younger individuals, only uh, pediatrics or, or adolescents, and see how those numbers are changing uh, over the decades. Yeah. So how do you think that the age index might be used to mitigate overutilization of imaging in this population? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And, you know, ideally, in this paper, we really describe the age index itself, conceptually what it is and and what it means, and then kind of putting it in the framework of the known literature. But ideally, we'd like to look at patients who have high age indices in greater detail and, and do that at a health system level and then see, you know, who are these patients? What types of imaging are they receiving? What conditions do they have? And once we know um, what groups uh, these patients fall into, you know, are they advanced cancer patients, for example, or are they stroke patients, or maybe those with renal calculi who are who getting re- repeated imaging during repeated ED visits, then I think you could try to propose interventions aimed to optimize care. Um, for example, we could set up care coordinators for certain groups of patients or perhaps end-of-life care uh, in certain types of conditions. And maybe some of this, these patient groups and some of this imaging could be redirected to non-ED locations. You know, I wanted to put it in perspective. We're talking in this entire a group of 85 plus million individuals, only 400,000 patients, less than that in the entire country uh, who met this definition. So it's really quite a small population. So really, I think, is something that could be manageable in terms of a care coordinator or some sort of uh, electronic health record red flagging, some sort of intervention, at least to make sure these patients are getting the optimal uh, care and perhaps uh, trying to provide more efficient care for them. So any limitations of the study that you'd like to discuss? Yeah. Um, You know, first, uh, the billing data lacks timestamps. And we know that some patients uh, could have gone to the ED twice in one day, Mm. but we could not separate those. So we assume that a single day is a single visit. Right. Secondly, ED visits that span midnight, let's say you arrive at 11 p.m. and then your imaging happens at 1 a.m., the ED visit code and the imaging may be on separate days. Mm-hmm. If they were on adjacent days, we assume they come from the same imaging, from the same uh, emergency department visit. Um, so those were two assumptions we made that are limitations. I think the second most important limitation is that we excluded ED patients who only had critical care codes. And the reason for that is that those critical care codes in the ED are the same as those used in the ICU. And from our perspective, they're probably billed more frequently from the ICU. So we basically undersampled very sick ED patients, those patients Mm -hmm, who may come in and go directly to a CPR room or go directly kind of through the ED and then into the ICU. Uh, and finally, we excluded patients who had insurance uh, for less than a year. So we may undersample those individuals who have transient health insurance or change jobs, and that may bias our population in certain ways. Great. So uh, you talked a little bit about what what could come next with the H index. What do you think needs to come next in terms of research? Are you still working in this arena? Like, are you still? Uh, yeah, we are still working in, in this area. And I think looking at these patients in the ED who have high H indices, who are consuming a lot of um, emergency department imaging, we really need to get more granular about their characteristics, about their um, health history. Uh, And then at that point, when we know who these patients are and 
whether the imaging is changing their outcomes, then I think we can propose interventions. Uh, you know, the interesting thing about using these large national data sets is that sometimes it's difficult to get very granular um, into the details. And so some of that work will probably need to be done at an institutional level. And we're trying to do some of it at Emory uh, to look at patients who, who are undergoing a lot of emergency department imaging and see why. Well, thank you so much for your work and for talking with us today. I really appreciate your time. Oh, thank you very much for having me. It was a pleasure. Thanks for listening to this month's AEM Early Access. The full text of this article is available on our blog at brownemblog.com, open access for a limited time. Check out all of our podcasts on iTunes. Search for AEM Early Access, all one word. Today's music is by Scott Holmes. I'm Dr. Gita Pensa, and we'll see you next time.